The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and as I like to tell you every week, I'm also the author of a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. And uh, my partner, Chen Lin, uh, publishes What is Chen Buying? What is Chen Selling? Chen's actually going to be with me uh, towards the end of the day at about 4.30 New York time. So we'll hear what he has to say as he returns from, uh, he just has returned, in fact, from six weeks in Beijing uh, visiting his parents. He and his wife and, and children went, uh, went over there for a vacation. Uh, and so we'll ask Chen what his views are on China, having spent a fair amount of time there this summer. Uh, with regard to Chen's newsletter, you do need to put your name on a uh, on a list, uh, so you are eligible to sign up for it at the beginning of the next quarter, which will begin uh, on October first. So uh, uh, you can go to miningstocks.com, miningstocks.com to sign up for Chen Lin, uh, or you can call my assistant in New York during the regular work hours. Claudio Bassi is at seven one eight four five seven fourteen twenty six seven one eight four five seven. One four two six. You can sign up for my newsletter by going to miningstocks.com. Uh, and, um, yeah, uh, you do not have to put your name on a waiting list for my letter. Uh, and we do, I think it's a very exciting time for the junior mining sector right now. We've had not a lot to cheer about over the last couple of years, but I just have a very strong sense that the turnaround uh, is about to take place now uh, for gold and for the mining shares. I do want to thank each of you for listening to this show, making it the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. also want to thank our sponsors for making this show economically viable. Today's sponsors are Blue Gold Waters Technologies, Prophecy Platinum, Balmoral Resources, Golden Arrow Resources, and SGX Resources. I should just mention uh, a word or two about our sponsors. Uh, Balmoral Resources has had some fantastic drill results in, uh, on its property in Quebec, uh, it's trading up a bit today at 61 cents, uh, about 300,000 shares trading. Uh, Blue Gold Water Technologies, we've not yet uh, had them on the show. I hope to have uh, the CEO of that company on. That's a, a different one, uh, quite different, you know, and most of our companies are mining companies, but this is one in water technologies. And if it can do 
what it claims it can do and what it apparently has been doing as a private corporation in Mexico, then this could be a huge winner. Uh, it's up a little bit today, 23.5 cents, but only 31,000 shares are trading. Prophecy Platinum, we've, we have talked to the CEO of that company recently, 72 cents, up 2 cents today on 59,000 shares. This is going to be, I think, a very, very good situation. Uh, I feel very, very positive about Prophecy Platinum given uh, the economics that we talked about with that company's CEO a few weeks back. SGX Resources uh, is really the earliest stage kind of exploration company we have on our list. SGX Resources is selling at 11 cents. Uh, it is really not being followed. I mean, this is at the low end of the uh, uh, of the food chain, I would say, in the uh, in, in the mining business. Uh, it is a company, though, that has great exploration potential. Has had some good numbers, some good exploration results. Uh, Dale Ginn, who heads up, who has headed up in the past, uh, Sandgold, uh, is heading up this. Dale is an exploration geologist, uh, and I think SGX Resources has a great upside potential for um, uh, speculative returns. It is a very speculative stock. I can't uh, deny that. But with 126 million shares, 11 cents. It's really a very, very micro-cap stock, uh, so it's one. Uh, we will be talking to Dale Ginn, no doubt, in the future as well. And then there's Golden Arrow Resources, which has uh, uh, in excess of 100 million silver equivalent ounces uh, on its project in Argentina. We have spoken to the CEO of that company, and we would expect we'll have him on the show again in the not-too-distant future. I do want to encourage you to send emails uh, complaints about what you hear, the things you disagree with on this show, things you agree with, uh, questions you might have about some of the companies we talk about, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's in the field of political economics, geo, geopolitics with Daniel McAdams, um, or, or whether it has to do with some of, your, some of my own views. You think I'm really out in left field or right field or some crazy direction and you just think I'm, I'm plain nuts. Let me know. Send me your questions. Uh, and and complaints, and we'll discuss it. I really uh, I really would like to have a dialogue with my listeners more so, and you can actually call in uh, to the studio if you want to. It's a toll-free number, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. Uh, probably best to call in if prompted to call in, but if you hear, hear something on this show that just you think is just a plain outrage and you can't let it go, uh, try to get through. Give us a call. And, of course, most of our listeners download. We have uh, a small percentage of our total listeners listen to it live, but there are a fair number of you that, that do listen to it live out there. Uh, so if you want to call in, please do. And as I uh, should mention, we're going to have John Perkins, the author of Confessions from, of an Economic Hitman, coming back on this show in a couple of weeks. And we are going to try to do a, uh, a call-in for John. So keep that in mind. Those of you who are familiar with John Perkins might want to think about some questions. Send an email to us. You can do it that way. Or if you happen to be uh, in a position to listen to the show live, want to send in questions uh, or comments uh, for John Perkins, you can do it live when he's on the show uh, in two weeks from now. Next week we will be having uh, David Stockman will be with us and also John Williams, uh, the economist John Williams, who is highly critical of the government economic statistics. We'll be talking to those guys next week. Um, and always a possibility for you to call in for sure, but even more so, send your emails in to us. Um, just uh, would like to read uh, an email uh, question or an e- email comment or two uh, this week, uh, one, uh, a favorable one that came to me 
from uh, a gentleman named Richard. Uh, he says, I have to say that I greatly appreciated your initial commentary on August 13th. Uh, your response to your listener's comment uh, concerning uh, the um, comparison of the United States to Nazi Germany. He says, I was glad to hear every word of your response. I don't always agree with everything that I hear from you show, from on your show or that you say, but I certainly want to keep hearing what you and your guests have to say. You are doing a great service. Please keep up your good work and please continue to comment on much more than mining stocks. And that, of course, the listener that complained last week said, stick to your knitting, Jay. Uh, you don't know what you're talking about. There's no comparison whatsoever between uh, what happened in Nazi Germany and what happened and what's going on in the United States. And I came back and said, well, maybe I'm stretching it a bit. Maybe what we're really talking about uh, is a successor government to Nazi Germany. Um, you know, uh, but the laws were put in place that allowed Hitler to come into power doing nothing illegal. And the other th- point that I made last week was also that um, uh, that the Nazis, uh, when they were murdering Jews, they did it in a way that was really seemed very innocuous. I mean, it it, it was uh, with it was done with flowers on top of the uh, on, on top of the ovens and dancing girls and beautiful music and all that. And in many ways I think that's what we're doing now. We are going overseas killing tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people uh, in Iraq and elsewhere, uh, killing people without a trial, even our own citizens in some cases without a trial. We are doing some very ugly things in the name of America and we're doing it in a way that the media doesn't talk about it, and we're doing it in a way with, uh, with drones that seem very sterile, uh, and it removes the pain and suffering that we inflict on other people from our consciousness. And this is what I think the Nazis were doing when they were murdering the Jews in World War II. So I think there is an awful lot that we have in common, unfortunately. And I think if you can ignore it, as the Germans did in, in, during the Second War, if you want to, uh, but in my conscience, I can't do that. So I want to thank uh, Richard for your kind response, um, the support that I got uh, from you, and I'm sure many other listeners out there. Um, next, uh, on a less on a um, let's say on a more practical level, in some ways, uh, another listener wrote an email uh, saying, uh, and, and by the way, the place to go is questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. Questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Uh, this was a comment on Sandgold. He says, first of all, thank you for all that you do on your show. I have bought a sizable portion of uh, Sandgold after hearing your show uh, about the company uh, on your show and doing quite a bit of my own research uh, on Sandgold. The quarterly report that came out on Tuesday was, not, was a non-event. The overall tone of the report was, I thought, very positive. Do you think the second quarter results were already built into the price? This stock has traded quite thinly, so it may take some time uh, for the theme of such a long, detailed report uh, to, uh, to stimulate buying from the public. Would you agree? Uh, the stock price is just not responding uh, to the nice moves in gold this week. What are your thoughts about that? Also, what are your price targets for this stock? Three months, a year? 2013, 2014, what gold price will it take to get this stock, which is today, by the way, selling at 14 cents, back to three and a half to four dollars where it was in January of 2011? Well, uh, thank you very much, uh, Murphy, for your, uh, for your, uh, for your comments on Sandgold and your questions. I do think that Sandgold actually does trade fairly actively. It says a million and a half shares today in Toronto. It trades there very actively. It doesn't trade nearly as actively in the United States. Uh, the primary market is in 
uh, Toronto. Uh, I, I do think a lot of the stock was built into it, but frankly, I don't think people are paying much attention to Sandgold or any other junior mining company right now. Uh, you know, the, there are a few mining analysts, and the last I read from the mining analysts, they were expecting the company's cost to be over $1,000 an ounce. Well, they got their cash costs down uh, quite low. I think it was uh, 700 I'm looking for the number here, 700 600 or $700, 700 uh, I'll get it in a minute. But anyway, the costs were significantly below 1000 which was below what the analysts were expecting. Uh, and, uh, and, and this stock has moved quite a bit since I first talked about it on the show. It was less uh, than $0.09 cents when I first talked to it. It's now $0.15 cents today. So that's a big percentage move. Can we get back to 350 and $4? Well, I think we take a higher gold price. That would help a lot, for sure. But I think also if the company can hit its numbers, that is, if it can produce what it says it's going to produce, and this year, you know, its, its guidance numbers are, uh, are up there 75 to 90,000 ounces. If it can do it at a cost uh, that is in the seven to $800 range, I think uh, $800 to $900 range, I guess, is what they're talking about. Yes, I think they can uh, start to get there, but they're going to have to start to uh, uh, to perform, and I think the new management is actually doing a very nice job in getting things in order. Of course, uh, we're going to have to see very, uh, you know, a number of quarters in succession that show the company can make its numbers, that, it's, uh, that it really can get its job done. Uh, I'm very confident about Sandgold. Uh, I think that I, I recommended the stock at $0.31 cents in my letter not long ago. Well, actually, back in February, I think we could see a double from that level possibly by the end of this year, and then we'll go from there. Maybe we see a dollar or two uh, in a year or two from now. It's hard to say. It's impossible to say. If the company does its job, if it really does, its, if its operations come along as projected, and if we get a $1,900 gold price, well, I think we could get back to the old highs very easily. But, of course, one thing you do have to keep in mind is a lot of shares out there now compared to where it was when it was $3.50 a share. Well, let's get into today's show with just a minute uh, left to the break. Uh, I've titled today's show Beyond Gold, Opportunities in Real Estate and Other Markets. Uh, Kathy Fetke, David Gerwitz, and Chen Lin return. From disaster comes opportunity. Most times, these opportunities accrue to Wall Street's super rich. But thanks to the ingenuity of Kathy Fetke and her company, opportunities to earn solid cash flows by average folks investing in defaulted real estate are now available uh, for your retirement accounts. And these investments can be structured into, as I say, into a retirement accounts to provide cash during your retirement. This is really what some of us older people that are looking at to retirement are really looking for. Uh, Kathy is slated to be with me at, at, um, at about 3.30 today. Well, that's not to say uh, we're talking real estate today that in any way I'm turning my back on gold. Not at all. Well, I really think that the worst days are over for the gold market. I think the gold shares are on the upturn. I think they'll lead the gold market higher. Uh, so David Gerwitz will be with us from Charles Nanner. He'll be talking about the gold markets and what Charles Nanner uh, research folks are saying uh, about gold and silver and a number of other markets. And then finally, Chen Lin, who's also very much uh, a believer in gold long-term, will be with me uh, to talk not only about gold but about China and his experience in Beijing. He spent six weeks in Beijing with his family there, and, Ch- and he will definitely have some insights into China uh, very much so. I, I always appreciate what Chen has to say about China. Uh, he, I think his views are as accurate as anything else you're going to hear anywhere from anybody, uh, given his, uh, his seeds being there and his constant input from uh, people in China. 
Uh, as I've been saying on the show, I want to have Daniel McAdams of the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity on this show at least for a few minutes every week. So Daniel is slated to join me after the break, which is coming up next. Uh, we're going to be talking to him about some of the most important posts uh, that are up on the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity. Um, talking about uh, infiltration, uh, there's a lot of concern about infiltration into our country, uh, a lot of talk about people that are destroying America, uh, and I think it's very interesting. I'd like to really quickly, even though I'm out of time, I'm going to read a quote here uh, from Marcus Tullus Cicero in 58 B.C., and thanks also to... Uh, uh, to Glenn Downs, who is the chief of staff for Congressman Jones, for sending this along. I'm going to read this to you, and I want you folks out there to think about this. Uh, what are the neocons? What is the military-industrial complex? Do we need to have it in our country? Well, this is some insights, I think, from Marcus Tullerus uh, Cicero from 58 B.C. A nation can survive its fools and even the ambitious, but it cannot survive treason from within. An enemy at the gates is less formidable for he is known and carries his banner openly. But the traitor moves amongst those within the gate, freely, his sly whispers rustling through all the alleys, heard in the very halls of government itself. For the traitor appears not a traitor. He speaks in accents familiar to his victims, and he wears their face and their arguments. He appeals to the baseness that lies deep in the hearts of all men. He rots the soul of a nation. He works secretly and unknown in the night to undermine the pillars of the city. He infects the body politics so that it can no longer resist. A murderer is far less to fear. The traitor is the plague. End of quote. Now what I would posit to you listeners out there, and please come back to me if you disagree, let me have it. Disagree with me and tell me why. I believe that what we have uh, from, the, uh, from some of the folks that Daniel Adams talks about um, on the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity is exactly what Cicero was talking about. I believe that we have a Trojan horse or Trojan horses within our body politic that have caused us to rot from inside out. Anyway, we do have to go to break, and when Daniel comes back, we'll talk to him about some of the more important issues that he has listed today uh, on the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity website. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Daniel McAdams. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. In this climate of increasing global economic uncertainty, just one safe haven remains, precious metals. Led by a strong, proven management team, Prophecy Platinum is actively developing the Wellgreen Platinum Group Metals, Nickel, and Copper property. A large, easily accessible deposit in the Yukon with an estimated resource of 1 million ounces of PGM and gold indicated and a further 11 million ounces inferred. Large deposit, excellent infrastructure, impressive drill results, and increasing international demand. To learn more about Prophecy Platinum and the Wellgreen Project, visit prophecyplat.com. Some things never go out of style. In the gold business for over 100 years, high-grade Canadian gold discoveries have been in vogue amongst investors. Balmoral Resources has continued to deliver high-grade results from a series of new discoveries in Quebec. If you're looking to upgrade your portfolio in the fall with some golden highlights, learn more about Balmoral at balmoralresources.com. 
Balmoral trades on the OTCQX under the symbol BALMF and on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the symbol BAR. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Trading Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and uh, as we want to make a habit of, of this, Daniel McAdams uh, from the Ron Paul P- uh, Institute of Peace and Prosperity is with me once again um, to talk about some of the most important posts at the, uh, at the Institute's website. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you, Jay. It's great to be with you again. Good to have you with me, um, and let's just tell our listeners again, it's, the Ron, it's ronpaulinstitute.org is the website, right? That's correct, yes. RonPaulInstitute.org. Go there, folks. There's lots of very interesting things. If you care about what America is doing overseas and also uh, internally about our liberties, about our Constitution, about the things uh, that our country uh, was built and founded on, the, the things that caused Jefferson and, uh, and Washington and Adams and a bunch of those fellows to risk their lives uh, for, if you care about that stuff, then I think you need to go to uh, to ronpaulinstitute.org. Daniel, uh, just want to ask you about some of the things you I know that are most important to you uh, on that website now. The first article that's there is by Ron Paul himself, uh, titled uh, "Why the Why the 2,776 NSA Violations Are No Big Deal." What is uh, What is the gist of Ron's article there? Well, this yeah, this was a. This is a classic how, how Dr. Paul uh, takes the less obvious approach and makes such a great point, you know, because last week in the Washington Post, the big story came out that, you know, a leaked document showed that over the past 12 months from, from May 2012, 12 months prior, there had been this 2,700 and some violations of the NSA's own guidelines for wiretapping American citizens. And they said, you know, some of these were, were uh, user error and some of these were mistakes and some of these, you know, different, different uh, uh, arguments for that. But Dr. Paul made the point in this, what this did is it made everyone think, you know, oh, if we just fix some of these problems. But Dr. Paul made the point that it's not these 2,700 violations. The entire program is illegal. Every single intercept of our communications without a validly issued search warrant is illegal. Uh, so it's not these 2,700, two it's the billions and billions of calls that they're intercepting uh, in, in, uh, according to their own guidelines. That's the real problem. So he's cautioning us not to uh, be fooled by this idea that if you know, we need to reform this. It's like if you remember a few years ago, Jay, when TSA was under, uh, under a lot of fire under the gun, uh, people were uh, wanting to get rid of it, and you had several proposals that would have allowed it to be reformed this way or that way. It's all very cosmetic. It never hits the core of the problem. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly right. It seems to me, Daniel, what concerns me most about the spying and the ability to, uh, to extract communications and store them, I guess, indefinitely, right? 
Isn't that what yeah. they're doing? And even that the they ones, can, they, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, even the ones that they got in violation of their own rules, instead of saying, oh gosh, you know, uh, I've got to get rid of these. No, they actually logged those and kept them for future use. <laughs> yeah. That's Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? But here's the thing that bothers me most about this. You know, people say, oh, what's the big deal? I'm not committing any crime. Well, first of all, we haven't even defined what crimes are. I mean, who is a terrorist, first of all? Do we know who a terrorist is by, by the government's definition? Uh, well, the, the terrorist part is bad enough, but the associated forces is what's never been defined. You know, and that's so, part of the, uh, the Patriot Act. That's part of the, the uh, indefinite detention in the NDAA. Uh, they've never defined what associated forces is. Are, are you an associated force because you're questioning the government's foreign policy? Uh, it's, that's the real danger. Yeah, I think that is the danger. And Daniel, what I what really bothers me, what scares the living bejesus out of me, is the notion that they can take and store and use your views against you sometime in the future. Or what they can also do is is uh, watch your private life, and there's some dirt they can get on you. They can use that to twist your arm and make you shut up or make you do what they want you to do. Right? Isn't this part of the game too? The blackmail element sure. here. Well, you know, the John Whitehead, who runs the Rutherford Institute, which is a fantastic uh, think tank out here in Virginia, he has a piece that we featured on the website uh, today called The NSA, The Abyss from Which There Is No Return. And uh, in this, he quotes Frank Church from 1975. If you remember, the, the Church Commission was the last really uh, serious reform of the intelligence community in the U.S. Right. And, and uh, Church said back in 75. The NSA's capability at any time could be turned around on the American people, and no American would have any privacy left, such as the capability to monitor everything, telephone conversations, telegrams, it doesn't matter. There would be no place to hide. If a dictator ever took over, the NSA could enable it to impose total tyranny, and there would be no way to fight back. Isn't that amazing from 1975? Well, isn't that where we're at now, Daniel? It's very chilling. It's very chilling. But you isn't know, he, that exactly where we're at? I and, mean, and, we, uh, and, Sure, I was just going to say he goes on in the piece to make his own point, which is very, very chilling as well. He said, by sifting through the detritus of your once private life, the government will come to its own conclusions about who you are, where you fit in, and how best to deal with you should the need arise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know. You're able to chuckle after you read that sort of thing. To me, it sends shivers up my spine, and I don't know. Uh, the, the whole issue of the government tyranny and the, the ability of the government to know everything about me and you and everybody else, to listen in on everything we say, it is just so un-American, Daniel. It is a complete antithesis of what this country was founded on, the ability to disagree with your government and to speak out about it. And, and this is just ridiculous. And if they don't find anything they can incriminate you with you now, they just hold on to it for the future, for future reference. It's a kind of a pre-crime. That was a, a science fiction movie, and it's reality now. Well, I, I would imagine that they had a lot of things, uh, you know, and Ron Paul, they couldn't find anything probably, or they would have spilled out. I mean, the best they could come up with was a, was a really lame uh, newsletter that somebody else wrote years ago <laughs> trying to claim that Dr. Paul was a racist, which is the furthest thing from the truth. You and I know him. Absolutely. You know him much better than I, but I've known him. And if there's a, I mean, if that man is a racist, then there's nobody who's not. I mean, it's just, <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, all right. Well, so, so this is, I mean, this is what Americans should wake up and realize this is serious stuff. 
I mean, this is really serious stuff. Why people don't care? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, but anyway. Sure. I mean, as Dr. Paul mentioned in his column, the problem is also going to be if enough heat gets on Washington, they may try to make some cosmetic reforms. You know, he pointed out whenever they find themselves in a pickle, they will appoint a commission, a government commission made up of, you know, of, of government employees, past and present, and a, a lot of insiders. And uh, they'll come up with a bunch of recommendations, and all of that is for more government. You know, more. Well, we need another. Right. We need another layer uh, to watch over the previous layer. You know, yeah. we need a government-appointed and paid person to be the people's advocate for privacy. And it's just—it's almost more dangerous than having it the way it is. Well, which is exactly the reason we had a revolution in 1776. I mean, that's what the king was doing to us, and he didn't have the technology then that's available now, so that it's much more dangerous now than it was in 1776, but ta- no taxation without representation, and God only knows we don't have any representation to speak of anymore, because it's the rich and the powerful people that, that have the ear of Washington uh, uh, as well. So that sounds like a very interesting article. I want to go read it. The, uh, the NSA... Uh, what, what was the title of that again? The NSA. Uh, it was um, the abyss from which there is no return. Okay, and that's Frank Church going back. I remember it very well. I'm old enough yeah. to remember those days uh, when the CIA sent uh, uh, sent people down there to try to poison uh, Fidel Castro, put some yeah. cyanide tablets in his uh, whatever it was uh, a call girl they sent down there and so forth to try to kill Fidel Castro. Well, we're doing that now. Our government is going in changing. And getting rid of uh, getting rid of of rulers of nations. Now we do it routinely, thanks to the uh, uh, to, to your favorite group there that you uh, that you watch there. Uh, what's it <laughs> the neocons. The neocons. The neocons. Yeah. yeah, the neocons. And I don't know if you heard that uh, thing I read uh, from Cicero. I did. Yes. Yeah. But it seems to me that that is that's part of the that's part of the Trojan horse. The neocons. They make us believe that we <clears throat> that we have to go do all these things overseas. <laughs> and kill all these people. Uh, I, I don't know. It just seems we've been indoctrinated. Engineer tells me you got a couple of minutes. There's several things. Uh, another Leslie Gelb uh, on Egypt. Hold your nose and back the hunter. Talk to us uh, with a couple of minutes. What are we? What's that all about? First of all, who's Leslie Gelb? Well, he's a he's a longtime foreign policy insider. He's the president emeritus of the Council on Foreign Relations. Oh, whoopee! And, yes. <laughs> And it's it's sort of an attack on him, but it's more a larger attack on the neocon idea that uh, elections don't matter, democracies don't matter. Uh, the only thing that matters is that governments are in power that that uh, the U.S. and its allies are in favor of. And uh, and and he's talking about Egypt. He's advising the president, um, you know, don't 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 get too involved in who won the elections there. Uh, we need to support the military because uh, they're on our side. And um, and this is not to say on on my part that we should be supporting the the other side either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, uh, toward the end of my my this piece, I try to make the point we should be supporting nobody. Uh, right. That's what we should be doing. Uh, and that's in the U.S. in Egypt. U.S. policy in Egypt since 2011 has been a, 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 a disaster. You know, we oh, support absolutely. one side, we support the other side, we undermine this guy, we prop up this guy. And the only but thing Daniel, they all agree on is but, that they hate us. <laughs> but Daniel, doesn't that you know, the more you stir the pot, the more trouble you have, the more attacks on America, the more the more dissension you have overseas, the more you need to suppress it, the more you need to sell military hardware, the more you, the military industrial complex makes money. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. Isn't that uh, what this that, is all about? There certainly is a component to that, and I think um, I think maybe the U.S. has opened a can of worms in Egypt that it's having a difficult time controlling. Yeah, and uh, this a, thing could get seriously out of hand in a very, very short time. Yeah, it it uh, it, it doesn't look very good. Unfortunately, we're out of time, uh, Daniel. I know you're heading out to uh, western parts of the United States, out to uh, with your family. But I do hope you can talk to us for a couple of minutes next week, wherever you are in Hawaii. I guess it's going to be. Uh, we're visiting family all over in the West. <laughs> okay. Well, I look forward to talking to you again. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, we thanks, do have Jay. to go, but thanks again for being with us. And, folks, again, go to Ron Paul. Uh, wait a minute. Help me out, Daniel. It's, Ron, it's, uh, Paul Ron, Ron Paul Institute. RonPaulInstitute.org. Okay. Exactly. All right. Thanks, Daniel. Well, uh, don't go away, folks. We're going to have to uh, go to a break now. But when we come back, we're going to have a little a tamer subject, a happier one in many ways. Kathy Fetke, who's been with us before, will tell us about some opportunities for average folks, not just rich people, but you know, average people, how we can make some money in real estate and own um, some property that can provide uh, some cash flow for us in our retirement years and and before. So don't go away. Uh, You're going to get a little relief and hopefully uh, a little uplifting and a little happiness from Kathy Fetke. So don't go away. We'll be right back. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Golden Arrow Resources on the TSX Exchange has recently made a new silver discovery and is presently drilling a 6,500-meter program on that discovery. A maiden resource calculation is expected to be released in April of this year. The project is located in Jujuy Province in northern Argentina, just 30 kilometers from the Perquitas Mine operated by Silver Standard. Golden Arrow has an experienced team with decades of experience in Argentina. Golden Arrow offers shareholders exceptional leverage with an exciting new silver discovery. SGX Resources is an exploration gold company with multiple advanced exploration projects in the Timmins Gold Camp. Recent high-grade intersections at SGX's Tully Deposit include 14 meters at 20.1 grams per ton and 17.6 meters at 11.1 grams per ton. The deposit is currently more than 600 meters along strike with a depth of up to 250 meters and remains open in all directions. SGX Resources trades on the TSX Venture Exchange with the trading symbol SXR. Visit our website at www.sgxresources.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and we have someone who I think really can help us turn hard times into good times, Kathy Fetke. She is the CEO and founder of Real Wealth Network, based in Walnut Creek, California. 
Uh, it's an organization dedicated to helping members get the most current and cutting-edge education and information they need to succeed as real estate investors. Kathy is a licensed realtor. Uh, former mortgage broker and an active real estate investor herself. She was selected as one of America's 100 most intriguing entrepreneurs by Goldman Sachs at the first annual Builders and Innovators Summit uh, on October 22nd, 24th. Uh, Kathy uh, was accompanied by world leaders such as uh, President Bill Clinton, Steve Case uh, of AOL, Larry Ellison of Oracle, Oracle uh, Jerry Katzenberg of DreamWorks and Reed Hastings of Netflix. Kathy received her BA uh, in broadcast communications from San Francisco State University and worked in the newsroom of uh, CNN, Fox, CTV, and ABC7. And she's uh, past president of American Women in Radio and Television. Welcome, Kathy. It's really good to have you back again. Oh, thank you. It's really uh, really nice to have someone who's uh, not going to talk gloom and doom. I don't think you will. I think you're going to tell us that there are opportunities out there in, in the markets these days. And, you know, we're trying to find ways to turn hard times into good times. We've had hard times in the real estate market. I had you here on June 29th, 2010, uh, and the topic of that show was, are we facing a double dip in housing? Well, clearly, uh, we bounced out of the the deep recession we had in housing, generally speaking. But as you point out, and as everybody knows, real estate is all about location, and every uh, every market is different. Uh, things have really bounced back well, haven't they? What about some of the places that were the deepest hurt was uh, markets like Nevada, Florida, California. Some of those markets were really down and out. Have they come back pretty good? Absolutely. Uh, actually, California home prices have gone up 28% in the past year, and that's just an average. So some areas have uh, been even more <laughs> dramatic. Um, it, it, we've really never seen such a large bounce back ever since we've been recording these kind of numbers. Yeah. So how long it will last, uh, we don't know, but you know, it's, it's fast and furious this time. You know, my wife and I were, uh, I'm thinking it's maybe two years ago, we were in Tucson, and I was looking at some of the housing prices down there, and I was thinking, "Wow, we ought to just really, we ought to just really buy something." And you know, just as a second place, a, a winter place, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the prices have really gone a lot higher, haven't they? In Tucson as well, Phoenix, yeah. Tucson. Yeah, it's hard to find good deals really anywhere. Um, you know, Nevada. Nevada is a no state income tax place, yeah. so uh, a lot of Californians are moving there. Very, very difficult to find property. Uh, but in California, too, uh, you know, very limited inventory. And that's pretty much across the country, except for a few pockets where the recovery, it, it, it hasn't really taken off yet. So we're still recommending some areas where you can get great deals. I do want to get into let you talk about some of those areas on your website. And I should mention, um, do I have the website in front of me? I don't. Tell, tell our listeners your website so they can go there. Oh, sure. It's realwealthnetwork.com. Real like real estate, wealth like your money, and network. So the kind of experts we have all around the country finding us good deals. So, yeah, realwealthnetwork.com. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting things there, and people can actually sign up and, I guess, find out, learn about some of the property opportunities, the investment opportunities that you have if they sign up there. Yeah, membership is free, and then you that subscribes you to a newsletter where we're constantly sending out updates. Uh, we basically, we follow jobs. 
And there is actually job growth happening in this country, not everywhere, but in certain pockets. And we figure if we can jump in and buy some housing in those areas where um, those employees are going to need a a nice, affordable place to live, uh, we're probably going to do okay on those investments. Right. It certainly makes a lot of sense. Um, Well, let's let's talk about some of the – oh, well, no, before we get to that, let me just go back to a couple of other things. On November 29th, uh, we had you on to talk about. Um, I titled the show that time the next government government the, the next government Sachs scam. This time it's housing, and there was concern, as I remember. Uh, I think you were somewhat concerned at that time that the big guys would gobble up all the real estate and average mm-hmm. people wouldn't have a chance to participate. Yeah. Uh, but but I think you were working real hard to try to find to carve out a way for average people to come in people of average means who had some savings to come in and buy some property. Is that is that's what you've been all about, isn't it? Yeah, we were real concerned that now Wall Street had figured out our little secret and we're gonna come in and buy everything up and that really did happen and in some areas they drove prices up because they didn't really know what they were doing. They paid too much. The returns really aren't that great and we're seeing that um, there are, a lot of those hedge funds are now seeing losses. So, you know, we may get our next bargains from them. <laughs> we'll see. That's but, interesting. Uh, why, what happened to the hedge funds? Why, why are they uh, falling on hard times? Well, they just didn't. They, when I do interviews like this, I sometimes get nervous because I'll say an area that I think is really good. And, <laughs> and somebody will go there and start buying real estate, but it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, if, if I told you Dallas was a great market, um, at the same time, there's really, really bad markets there. And unfortunately, I think a lot of the hedge funds, they're, they're young guys. They didn't understand this is a very, a very hands-on business. It's a people sure. business. You're renting to human beings. You have to understand those people. There's a lot of dynamics. It's not just a, it's not what they're used to. And, right. uh, yeah, so they bought way too many. Uh, in some cases, they bought so many properties, they could not get them rehabbed in time. They couldn't, you know, they're not in the construction business, you know, so they, they were having a hard time getting um, contractors you know, because a lot of contractors left the business. So, you know, I've heard that some of those hedge funds have 50% of their homes just sitting vacant. Oh, boy. Well, they probably yeah. had more money than they knew what to do with, and they just threw it at those uh, those markets. Just, uh, mm-hmm. Dallas is good, for example, so just buy anything anywhere uh, with, a, <laughs> with a Dallas zip code. I um, think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And, and so before you uh, – well, let me understand. When you go out and find properties – how far do you take them yourselves? Do, do you actually, I mean, what, what do you do for investors? Explain your service maybe uh, to our oh, sure. listeners again. Yeah, absolutely. Let's say you had, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm going to just throw out a number there, but let's say you had $200,000 you wanted to uh, put into, you know, maybe it was in your retirement fund and you want to sure. see that portion uh, perform better. So uh, I would say to you, all right, you know, what are you looking for cash flow? Are you looking for future growth, you know, super hands-free, are you willing to take a little risk, we'd find out what you're trying to achieve. And then we would um, refer you to somebody in our network who is an expert in that particular area. So, for example, uh, we have a lot of Australians who want to buy in the U.S. They need to buy really inexpensive properties because they can't get financing. So we send them to this little area in Ohio where they can get forty dollars or $50,000 homes that are just near a new um, oil and you know oil and gas discovery, one of the biggest mm-hmm. in the U.S. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, they can buy them cheap. And, of course, Americans like that, too. But, you know, if you're an American and you can get financing, I might send you to a different area um, that may be, you know, a little higher price point, but you don't have to put much, de- you know, you only have to put a 20% down on that. Sure. Kathy, I'm, I'm from Ohio. I'm, I was born a Buckeye, and I have, uh, so I'm sort of curious, uh, northeastern Ohio, western Ohio? It's right between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. That would make and, sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah they've just oil found... fracking and going yeah. on there. Very interesting. Well, it's always been there, but they're, they've discovered how to how to get to it now. There's new technology. Well, that's right. That's the fracking uh, business that we talk about on the show from time to time, and it really mm-hmm. is a boom in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and and various places around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Well, I know that Pittsburgh and Cleveland were two areas that you have on your website. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk to us about the economics of Pittsburgh and Cleveland. What what you have the oil fracking that's going on, so that is the yeah. jobs. The people that's need jobs there. Yeah, some of it. Uh, that's kind of in between. But in the cities, respectively, Cleveland has uh, just enormous medical growth. There, um, you know, medical universities and the mm-hmm. Cleveland Clinic, and uh, that's just really growing. Along with the fact that um, millions of dollars are being invested into the waterfront to really clean that up and make it a, a destination. Uh, we really like to buy real estate in areas where cities and counties and states are investing in their infrastructure. Um, mm-hmm. We see their money going in. We want our money in, too. <laughs> so, Is that true in Ohio? In Cleveland, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're putting millions on um, to, to make the waterfront a destination, and it's going to oh. be beautiful. Yeah. Nice. Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. Nice. So little little towns like Lakewood where you can still get a... Uh, you know, a sixty thousand dollar house, or you know, that's just adorable, cute little neighborhood. It's it's that whole area is going to transition soon. So, if people want to, they say they have a two hundred thousand or a hundred thousand or whatever it is. They they go through you and they 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 buy the property. Then it's theirs to take care of from that point on, right? Yeah, we have a large network. It's about up to fourteen thousand members now and and so if we're working with a property manager in Pittsburgh or Cleveland or anywhere um, and we've got hundreds if not thousands of investors in our network that are using that management company and let's say one of them finds out that their bill is uh, they're being charged too much for something or the property is not being managed properly um, when we when we get involved you know we've got the power of numbers behind us no no company wants to lose a thousand clients in a day right mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, you know there's this power in, in being a part of a network that puts pressure on these different companies to perform and we don't really even have to try they they know it they want to take care of our of our people because so much of their business comes from us Okay, so if I, I went to your website and I looked at a number of cities, you have uh, cities that, that you're considering, uh, so I think there were 12 cities and one foreign country that I saw on your website uh, that you looked at as some of the most attractive markets. Um, you know, Houston, Dallas, uh, Memphis, Atlanta, Georgia, Charlotte in the, in the south, uh, and then Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Indianapolis, Midwestern cities. Um, yep. And, and, you, and you give examples on your website of properties. You show a picture of a, of a house, uh, and you give some of the economics. For example, I'm looking here at one Chicago. You show a home that costs 133500 and provides an annual income of 6324 uh, for That's about a four and three-quarter percent return. Is that sort of net of everything? or Now, I mean, are, are these passive investors, I guess is what I'm getting at? 
Yeah, it's it's passive in the sense that uh, you know there's some ma- the properties are under management, but it's not the most passive um, that you can you can do. You're still a landlord. You still need to uh-huh. manage your property manager. We are here to help, but uh, we're not managing your property for you. We're we're managing the people we're referring you to, uh, making sure that they're taking good care of our members. Um, but if, if you know if someone was looking for fully passive, I would recommend some of the syndications we're doing. A syndication is basically a group investment where we have a developer who's at the helm, and and that developer okay. has gray hair, uh, has been doing this for forty years, you know, is a real expert, and um, and that's an just really I, I think that's the next big opportunity because so many banks had to foreclose on halfway done developments. Mm. Uh, builders just walked away. Builders lost their shirts, you know, in the last six years. Yeah, sure. They just walked away from stuff, left it half done, and then banks foreclosed. But what's a bank going to do with a half-developed building or, you know, mm-hmm. or land? They don't, they don't know what to do with it, and they don't know how to get rid of it. So our developers do. And uh, to give you an example, we just got a foreclosed resort in Lake Tahoe, across from Heavenly Valley, uh, for it's hard to even believe this, we just got it for two million dollars. The land itself was purchased for fifteen million dollars in the early two thousands. Um, the former developer, who was guess what, a Wall, you know, Wall Street hedge fund, um, <laughs> just, you know, they just kind of walked. They just walked away and gave it back to the bank, and the bank didn't know what to do with it. But this hedge fund put forty million into developing it mm. before walking away, and we got it for two million because be amazing. Wow. They didn't know they they're not going to finish it, you know. So so there actually that that is talked about on your website, I believe. And yeah. is, is that so? So that's really a, a chance for someone to be completely passive. They go in and they put in uh, some money. What do they own? Own an apartment, or they own shares in, in a company, Just or how, how does it work? Shares. Yeah, the developer. Op- he's coming to us. This is when you know when you were talking about the opportunities that we have today that normally would only go to the big players. This right. is one of them. You know, they, a developer would never come to us for the money for this. Uh, they would they would go to big big money. You know, to the institutional sure. money. Sure. But um, a lot of those institutional guys just you know they're not doing these things right now. So 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 they're coming to us. And our investors are be able to partner, and they're able to get the kind of returns that a hedge fund would get. So it's, um, I mean, it's just phenomenal. The, the profits alone on this one uh, look to be close to $30 million conservatively. And, you know, how exciting for, for our members to be able to, to participate in that. What are we and, talking about, Kathy, in terms of an investment for someone that wants to get into that story, let's say? Yeah, it's a $50 million minimum. And um, this one is for accredited only, uh, which means you have to have a million-dollar net worth or sure. um, $200,000 salary, um, you know, a- annual income, which is a little frustrating to me. I wish it could be open to anybody because it's, I mean, gosh, if we turned around and just sold it, you know, we're already getting offers for $6 million just for the permits, <laughs> just, you know, yeah. just for the entitlements. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but investors that want to go in there, Okay, so now let me understand. Is there an opportunity for people to come in and buy shares in this company that owns this property now? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And they can, and they and how do they do that? Um, they would just need to contact us at at Real Wealth Network. Just info at realwealthnetwork dot com would be the best way. Just shoot us an email. Uh, we're not really allowed to post it on the website because right. of you know guidelines there, but. 
Yeah, but yeah, just contact us, info at realwealthnetwork.com or go to the contact page and you can reach us that way. For accredited investors only, of course, yeah, understood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, you know, there were a couple of examples, and I don't know how, if you keep these up to date, because, you know, I, have, I don't go, I haven't been going to your website, although I think uh, probably I might, if I can find the time, want to do it, because I think it's very interesting. These different properties, there were a couple. St. Louis and Pittsburgh really stood out in terms of the returns, the examples yeah. that you gave there. Yeah. Uh, is, there is there something unique? Uh, for example, you showed in St. Louis... Uh, property for ninety two thousand five hundred that could provide sixteen thousand eight hundred dollars a year in net cash flow. That's mm-hmm. that's a pretty darn good return. Oh, it's uh, crazy. In Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, a fifty one thousand dollar property, a single family home. Uh, the St. Louis one uh, was a four family building. Uh, the Pittsburgh one, sing- single family home for fifty one thousand, showing a nineteen point eighty one percent return, ten thousand four hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, these are phenomenal returns, Kathy. Are these? Yeah. Is this realistic in this market? It's it's the window is closing quickly. Uh, prices I would are think going so. up. Yeah. What ha- what's happening is that a lot of hedge funds follow my website and they go where we where we're going. So we've been trying to keep it a little bit more secret. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> um, but they, you know, we're we're obviously posting it too, so so they know. But um, the last time I talked to a couple of hedge funds, I found out they were at my meeting, our last live event, and uh, one of them came up to me later and said, you know, we're going to be going and buying in Pittsburgh and and Cleveland um, in the next few months, which means that probably prices are going to be going up, and probably it's going to be harder to find good deals. So yeah. y- yes, in the last six months. We've been able to get deals like that um, moving forward. We sure hope so because this really has been a an opportunity to help people win back some of the losses that they suffered. Or just you know, if you're just starting out, you know, wow, you're you're starting out at the right time. Um, you're starting out when you're picking up the pieces of what others have lost, really. And um, and I, you know, I, again, I'm sorry for anyone's loss. And at the same time, it is an opportunity for people to grow really nice cash-flowing uh, real estate portfolios today. Of course. Now, let me just under- – I'd like to understand the economics as you lay them out on your website. For example, I'm looking at one Indianapolis. A $58,000 investment gets you $3,118 annually. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, when you look at that, is that net of taxes? Is that net of, of, of – it's net of everything? I mean, you obviously, if you own the building – and you have to put some capital into it, some sustaining capital. That's not factored in there. Well, um, you know, I'm, I don't know which one you're looking at, but on on our spreadsheets, we list all the expenses that that uh-huh. we expect will will be there. I mean, you know, you never you never know. It's it's yeah. uh, life is a surprise. But uh, but we expect we we want people to put a six percent uh, vacancy reserve and a, and at least a six percent. Um, uh, maintenance reserve, along mm-hmm. with, of course, taxes, insurance, and um, property management fees, and all that. So, all those expenses should be listed on the website. With what you know, the, the leftover is what we believe will be the return. And so, the net after all expenses ranges from, say, eight percent in, in areas like Dallas, where prices are going up, ten um, percent in, in maybe Houston. Uh, in Cleveland, I just bought a property for $30,000, put 30000 in to make it almost brand new. I mean, everything's new, new electrical, new HVAC, uh, new floors, new, uh, just everything new. So my total in is 60000 and I'm getting 1200 a month in rent. Wow. So after, you know, after all expenses, it's, 
it's going to be like 13 or 14% return. So now you, you yeah. did that with cash, right? You didn't I borrow did that any with money? Cash, yeah, but I'm actually, uh, I'm maxed out. You can get up to 10 financed, uh, you can get 10 mortgages if you have good credit and a good job. Um, you know, banks will lend to you on 10 different properties. So mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that. You could buy your primary, but then you could buy a bunch more, you know, again, if you have good credit and reserve mm-hmm. and a, Good job and everything. Well, I maxed that out a long time ago. So, okay. <laughs> um, so I'm on the, I'm, you know, but it's never, there's always ways to build a portfolio. So now, here I've got this $60,000 property in Cleveland. It appraises for 80. It used to be 140,000 at the peak. Uh, I can, I, I can go to people and say, hey, are you looking for a nice solid return? They say 6%. You know, maybe someone's just getting 1% or 2% in a money market or something. Yeah. And, and maybe they'll give me a loan at, let's say, 50% LTV. So half of what, you know, if the appraisal comes in at 80000 and they give me a loan for 40 at 6% and they're first position, you know, secured to the property, uh, recorded so that if that property ever sells, they're the first to get paid. There's very little risk there. Um, so to find private money lenders to lend to you is pretty easy when you get deals like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what I'm doing. I'm just, oh. I'm just getting, yeah. Anyone looking for a six percent return, and I'm, yeah. I'm taking it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, so I mean, just looking at your example there, you put sixty thousand into a property. You've got, you've got almost a twenty-four percent annual return, if my arithmetic is right. Yeah, not too bad. Pre-tax, of course. Not you're too bad. Some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, again, the window will close. The market will will require, uh, and will pull in cash into opportunities like that. So I guess. Uh, as long as they're there, though, uh, people can go to your website and, um, and and keep track of them, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, realwealthnetwork.com, you just, uh, there's a membership tab. You can just go there. It's free. Um, sign up for the newsletter, and we'll, you'll get updated on different things, different, well, you know, we, yeah, if you click on the different markets that you want information on, we update those regularly, so you you uh, you get updates on, on the economics of those areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. In fact, I did that yesterday. I signed up, so I'm hoping, looking forward to getting uh, getting emails and and keeping track of what you're doing. Time okay. permitting, that's the the main the main issue that I have is time. And you know, my engineer is telling me at 30 seconds left, so we can't do much more. Okay. I did want to ask I did want to ask you about uh, Belize because I have a brother who lives in Belize. Yeah. Uh, there there's a, a very exciting opportunity in Belize. So people, we don't have time to talk about it, but you go to realwealthnetwork.com. Uh, if you want a, a place to live, and I've been down there, I've been. I suppose it's on the water, on the ocean, isn't it? Or a block yeah. away, I think I read. Ambergris Key, yeah, it's it's lovely, just beautiful, <laughs> yeah. great place to retire. Yeah, yeah, well, thank you very much, Kathy. We're out of time, unfortunately. Lots of uh, interesting things to talk to you about. A lot more things I wanted to ask you about. Some of the economics of some of these cities didn't get around to it. Detroit, I wanted to talk to you about. Maybe another time we can ask you, what is it going to take for Detroit to come back and for you to get interested in buying things in Detroit? I don't, I don't think I'd want to go there now. but uh, <laughs> Not now, but maybe. Who knows? Maybe that's the next opportunity maybe. five years down the road or so. Sure. All right. Well, thank, thank you very much, Kathy, for being with us. Folks, don't go away. I'll be right back. We're going to have David Gerwitz uh, of Charles Nanner Research with me after the break. Don't go away. In this climate of increasing global economic uncertainty, just one safe haven remains, precious metals. 
Led by a strong, proven management team, Prophecy Platinum is actively developing the Wellgreen Platinum Group metals, nickel, and copper property. A large, easily accessible deposit in the Yukon with an estimated resource of 1 million ounces of PGM and gold indicated and a further 11 million ounces inferred. Large deposit, excellent infrastructure, impressive drill results, and increasing international demand. To learn more about Prophecy Platinum and the Wellgreen Project, visit prophecyplat.com. Some things never go out of style. In the gold business for over 100 years, high-grade Canadian gold discoveries have been in vogue amongst investors. Balmoral Resources has continued to deliver high-grade results from a series of new discoveries in Quebec. If you're looking to upgrade your portfolio in the fall with some golden highlights, learn more about Balmoral at balmoralresources.com. Balmoral trades on the OTCQX under the symbol B-A-L-M-F and on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the symbol B-A-R.